on everybody welcome back to the old life without so man i've been so busy like i'm telling you like like nobody's business this semester six classes and you know plus full-time work coming home you still have to be you know a dad a father the family man all that so Forgive me if I'm a little tardy, you know, with our discussions, man, because, you know, it, it, it really means a lot to me to be able to to let you guys know the steps that's going on, the things that I went through with, you know, with that whole prison crap, man. I'm, I'm doing my absolute best to get over that hump to where I'm not even looking back at that. But, you know, it's a part of it's a part of my life and what has put me in this position now. You know, growing up, I didn't have, you know, the, what What do you want to be when you grow up, Theo? <laughs> you know, it wasn't a cop, it wasn't a fireman, and, you know, for damn sure, it wasn't a lawyer. So, you know, I was kind of just like, I don't know. But standing up for others is extremely important. And as long as your job, you know, entails that, and you do your absolute best, man, is what can you say? Which leads me to, you know, this, tonight's discussion, man. So, you know, I told you guys before that I wanted to be a lawyer and all that. And, you know, in bang law school, I'm still on that law path. Don't get me wrong. All right. I'm 97 percent uh, completed with, you know, my administrative justice classes. And, you know, then I can go on to criminal justice at Sac State and like 90% for, you know, my paralegal certification, all that, you know, that's all fine and dandy. But look, it's like, I've come to some reasoning with myself. And my wife played a major part in this too. So let's not front like it's just me. I'm married, you know, the pillow talking is, <laughs> you know, I, I go ahead and just lay everything out. And then my wife has a thousand questions as to, why I'm taking going in the direction that I'm going. So instead of me, you know, just like going downhill head first into becoming an attorney, my reasoning is I would only be able to do about maybe four, maybe five trials a year. So I'm not going to sit here in front like, you know, they'll end up doing a TV show on me and I'll be, you know, knocking out 10 trials a year. That's just, it's not reasonable or logical. So, but to be able to save five people, you know, maybe I could mess around and, and be 05 every year. You know, those are terrible batting eyes, averages. But what I want to do now is, and it's crazy because I was on Instagram and I'm looking at, you know, uh, you know, all the stuff that people post, but I kept seeing the ads for professorship, get your doctorate in criminal justice. And I saw it a few times. I'm just like, yeah, whatever, whatever. And then, you know, I don't know what it was, but it was like, after one week of seeing it, then it was like, Hmm, a doctorate. And I'm like, a doc you know, I looked it up and I, you know, I Googled that thing. And I'm like a doctorate in criminal justice. So I, you know, I was one of the things me and my wife spoke about. And 
after I looked it up, I was like, hey, do you see the pay <laughs> as a doctorate? I was like, but then, you know, you look at the other aspects of it, you know, the benefits from having a doctorate and being able to, to be a professor, a true, a true criminal justice expert, you know, and how many people, how many people off the top of your head can say they know a criminal justice expert that's been in prison and then, you know, came back and, you know, the, you know, the whole little storyline. How many people can actually say that? So, you know, I find myself leaning more towards that because having a professorship, which I end up finding, I can I can become an adjunct professor, you know, uh, with uh, a bachelor's plus, you know, the, the professorship like classes and stuff and then get my master's. And then, you know, I'm considered like, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm ready for it. But. You know, it's nothing like being called Dr. Cecil, man. I'm going to tell you guys now. Hey, if my mama is listening to this, and I'm sure she is, because my sister is is definitely is definitely listening, and my baby cousin, Mr. Sion, I'm telling you, my name is no longer Theo. It is Dr. <laughs> Period. Hey, you can call me little, it's no more little Theo, it's little Dr. Theo. You understand? So that's that's the angle that we are going to take. But for the most part, you know, all all BS put aside, I want to be able to teach all those upcoming lawyers. You know, sometimes it's not being the door, being being the door to open for others to be able to, you know, I'm talking about to come through, but being the one holding the door for others to come through, if that even makes sense. You know, I want to be able to teach generations of lawyers of all colors, of all genders, of all, you know, I'm talking about nationalities. I want to be able to teach them criminal justice from a black man's perspective who (laughs) happens to have been wronged by the system to the 33rd degree and who came back on appeal and who didn't have attorneys believing in his innocence and and finding individuals, you know, through the process to assist with pushing for his actual innocence and then going to the court and still having to pull the trigger. You know, my habeas corpus is, you know, a little over a month strong right now in Sac Superior Court. They're going to call either for it being denied and or granted to where I still have to go in and fight for myself. I still have to go in there and pull the trigger. I still have to stand before court and lay out all facts and defend whatever the opposition is going to say. I want to be able to to be that professor that teaches these young kids what not to be in regards to an attorney. You know, do you want to be that, you know, that attorney that's walking into court and they believe in constitutional rights, standing up for, you know, the client, not seeing them in the lens of exactly what you tell the jury of this person, my client, such and such is innocent until proven guilty. But not just saying that 
Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a difference in saying that to a jury just because, you know, that's the song and dance that you have to do versus being that attorney that believes it. Everybody has a right to a fair trial. One of those attorneys that come in and they say, it is as your attorney is my obligation, my duty to look over this. Yeah, I might be late for dinner with my family or whatever, but this is the path that I've chosen and I'm going to be here at this jail sitting with you, combing over this entire case, getting your opinion. Because whether these attorneys know it or not, newsflash, your client knows more about the case than you do. You understand? There are questions that these so, you know, alleged witnesses they have seen. Uh, you know, there, there, there are things that these witnesses have seen and or were told in order to make the police report. But the client is like, whether guilty or innocent, they're going to be like, there's no way in hell that such and such knows this. Like, there's no way. An attorney shouldn't say, okay, well, the only way you know that is if you're guilty. Uh, actually not. That's, you know, there's, there's so many more doors than just the obvious one. And I want to be able to put that into perspective for the upcoming attorneys. So that when they walk into they field and not just being able to, to show them from my side of from my side of the law, from a black man's perspective as to what it looks like for us walking through, you know, the photographing process, fingerprinting, you know, uh, stripping naked in front with seven other people right there. You know, talking about have washing the clothes that you wore that you wore into that jail being stuffed in a bag in a brown dirty ass bag and it's just thrown in the back on a shelf with your name on it you know what i'm talking about i, I don't want to just show them that i want to show them what to look for with police that are willing to do anything to close a case i want them to have that that you know i want to put those those steel ligaments in their spine as to where the prosecution will do this in order for W. I want them to be able to not be afraid as criminal defense attorneys and stay and and file, you know, the malicious prosecution motion to file prosecutorial misconduct, you know, see that there's information that they weren't given by the prosecution in order to properly defend their their client and they turn around and they file the Brady motion. You understand? I want those attorneys that are going that are like, well, there's no way in hell I'm going to be a criminal defense attorney. However, I do believe that things should be done this way, the correct way, the way the constitution states. And they stay like that through their whole career where they go work for the, for the process, for the DA's office in whatever city, in whatever state. And when they hear their superiors say, oh, well, you know, just this is what we're going to do. Don't give them that. Take these pages out. You know, how you get that discovery and it has, you know, one through 100, but page, you know, 47, 47 through 54 is missing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then that was what would you know, that's the exculpatory evidence. That's what's going to cut the client loose. And or, you know, like the Brady Brady motion says, uh, you know, to convict or to, to be found innocent. I want those attorneys to walk into their careers knowing that they're going to do what's right. 
and getting the W the wrong way is never right. Straight up. That's that's the line that I want to be able to push as as a professor. I wanted to make a difference, not just by the lives that I the one or you know the one the four to five clients that I'm representing in trial. I don't want it to just impact those four or five lives a year because that's what I could that's the caseload I could manage trial wise. You know, I'm not, you know, I don't want to be known as that attorney that's, yeah, he can get you a good deal. I don't want my clients coming in like, oh, yeah, bro, can you get me, you know, I'll take, I'll take 90 days right now. You know, <laughs> I don't want to be known as that. It's like, hey, I want to be known as, you know, the, if I was to be an attorney, the type of attorney that will push for speedy trial. Because speedy trial actually matters. It's a constitutional right. As a defendant in a criminal case, you have the right to a speedy trial. But nobody wants to exercise it. Some clients want to exercise it. I was actually one of them. Some clients want to exercise speedy trial rights. But <laughs> here's a big, a huge but. But the attorney doesn't want to doesn't want to go speedy trial sitting in that booth trying to talk you out of your constitutional right. It doesn't say anywhere in that in that United States Constitution that it says your attorney should be talking you out of what you want to do with your trial. But, you know, you have attorneys come in and, you know, they have those loopholes where they come in, they go to the court and they're like, you know, your honor, I have you know, I'm I'm prepping for another trial right now. And, I'm, you know, I'm over here in department, whatever. And, you know, can we just put this off? And, you know, and they find some type of reasonable cause or whatever. And then it's put off. And then, you know, the longer the person sits in jail, they either get and or more comfortable or, uh, you know, they're just like extremely anxious, you know. And, you know, to be honest, there, there was so much stuff that went in that, 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 that went along with my case to where. I look back now, you know, even with fighting, you know, my actual innocence and the, and, you know, the assistance that I got with my folks that's helping me with that. I, there's stuff that comes up and I'm just like, Ugh, you know, that shit still pisses me off. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, man, why'd you even send me that copy of that transcript? Like, like, man, I, I like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, it's, it's like, well, you know, we had to talk about it, which is true, you know, because we're trying to get to, you know, there's a bigger picture. But for the most part, reliving it, you know, I, and and I, I can be honest with you guys because it's just me and y'all talking. I'm I'm burnt out. I am like I am truly exhausted with you know that case. With that case, like I'm 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 beat flat. I'm barely holding on. You know, I, I think if it wasn't for the emotion of rage, my grip wouldn't be as tight as it is. Because I know for a fact I'm not the only one. And that's what bothers me. That's where the lawyer in me does come out because I want to protect those 
that went through that. I want to protect those that went through that. I want to protect those that are going to go through that and they do not even know it. So the best way that I'm going to be able to protect them by the masses is to teach. Plus, you know, I got the, you know, I got almost got like a half a beard of gray hair, you know, right now. So, you know, I think I'll fit in that mold real smooth. You know, tell me what you think. But before I close out, before I close out, I want to tell you guys that I, you know, as, as I, you know, as my, my time passes, you know, and the things that I'm learning in class, like you wouldn't believe the discussions that I'm having with professors, you know, who are ex-law enforcement, retired law enforcement, you know, the, the, the discussions that I, I sit and listen to from criminal defense lawyers in these classes that I'm taking and, you know, I came across something the other day. It was called intentional misrepresentation. I remember hearing one of my professors state, uh, it was one of my tort classes that one of the kids said, you know, you got those lawyers that aren't worth nothing. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> hey, and I'm telling you guys, I promise you, I didn't say nothing. My Zoom, my, my, I, I was on mute in that zoom meeting and, and i and i had to i had to take myself off that video camera just to laugh because you know for this semester nobody none of my professors know that i've been to prison none of my classmates know that i have been to prison this is like a, a secret i i started off telling people that in the beginning and 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 it was only through force i promise you it wasn't nothing to gloat because going to the junk and you know i'm talking about seeing the stuff that I've seen and being in the middle of shit. You understand? That's nothing to, to, to brag about and to gloat about, like from no perspective. So, uh, you know, those classes where, you know, I was forced, like one example, the professor had us do a, a dream board. You know, I was like, dream board, ain't that for girls? <laughs> you know, I'm 40 years old, man, what am I doing a dream board? You know, my wife, she helped me with that. She was like, no, this is what all it is, is just pointing out, you know, where you see yourself here and there, you know, and it was like a 15 year joint, joint thing that the professor wanted us to do, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I was, uh, and I had to tell them, I was like, you know, I, when I did my presentation, I showed them the dream board, you know, they see the pictures, you know, the family, the kids, you know, they, the fat ass house, you know what I'm talking about? And all that in the plane, you know, because of me becoming a private pilot one day soon. And I said, in order for me to explain to you this dream board so that you understand, I have to tell you where I've been, you know, because because I'm not one of those guys that, you know, 38, 30, 39, 40 years old. That's that's, you know, having one of those midlife crises <laughs> where it's like, oh, my God, I need to reinvent myself. I hate my life. I hate my job. You know, I'm not one of those. You know, and the kids, they were, you know, they laughed or whatever. And, you know, when I told them about that I had been to prison, that I was their age in prison, you know, walking on, on yours with guys that have already been down 25 years, you know, with scars, you know, on their face you can't miss and eyes put out from riots or from guards beating them flat, 
why they were handcuffed. I mean, you know, I could tell you the most gruesome stuff, but this dream board means this. Five years, I see myself here. 10 years, I see myself here. 15, I see myself in a position to be able to protect my youth in a high volume. But that was seeing it only as a lawyer. I wish I could go back and get that year back and put myself in a professorship at the end of that dream board versus being a lawyer. What do you think? I sincerely appreciate you guys listening to me ramble off, you know, about all my thoughts and stuff and really just putting my life into a different perspective now. You know, it just shows me that I'm getting, I'm maturing for, you know, life on this side of the wall. And it's fun, you know, just in case you guys are wondering, my son, he's, he's fine. He's, <laughs> That boy is, uh, he's growing very fast. He's tall, he's active. You know, I mean, how many two-year-olds do you know are on a scooter at a skate park going down a ramp, smiling, you know, with you know, with a million watt smile. You know, and I get to watch, you know, him and he sees his, you know, his older siblings, my God babies, you know, and they're, you know, the, the life and the, the optimism in their eyes you don't see much of that in prison just depends who you hang out with so you know I sincerely appreciate you guys listening this is Theo with Theo Life Without see to it that you be smooth and most importantly be solid until next time y'all peace